right, so we'll get this podcast rolling. Today we're going to talk about a very special composer and some recommendations. So yeah. I did a deep dive on Hildur Gunnadottir. She is an Icelandic composer. She is 39 years old, and she is the only female composer to win both a BAFTA and Golden Globe so far. Have you seen Chernobyl and The Joker? Yes. Well, you know I've seen The Joker. I've talked about that a few times. I haven't seen all of the Chernobyl show. I I think I got like three episodes in, and then I just like somehow just never went back to it. (laughs) You were like, I get it. No, it, it it's it was really good. It was like one. It's like Peaky Blinders. Okay, you know what I mean. Like everyone's like, "Oh, you got to watch that show. It's so good." And like, it's a good show. It's just it was a little slow. I think I just kind of fell off. Or well, there's certain there's certain off. shows where you start watching it, you get like three episodes in, and you're like, "Okay, I, I get I get the vibe." Like, and the vibe mm-hmm. is kind of similar every episode. So you're like, "I understand what's happening," and like, I've had enough of it. Yeah, um, but no, it, it's really good shows. Score's cool. Uh, yeah. The Joker is like honestly one of my favorite soundtracks. So like she did an amazing job on it. It's funny because I think I talked about this before. When I listened to the soundtrack before I saw the movie, I was just like, man, this shit's like really dark. Yeah. And I didn't quite appreciate the music. I thought it sounded really good, but I don't think I really appreciated it as much until I saw the movie and then heard the music to the picture. Like, because I was just like, oh, like it just pulled me in. Like so, like some of the like really dark and depressing parts in that movie, like I the entire time was just like hooked and and engaged with that movie because I I just I really appreciated the story and what they were trying to do with it. And I know there's like a little bit of controversy when it first came out, like some people like with some of the subject matter and like sure the influences. Yeah, exactly. But it's like I think the thing that I really liked about it was like concept wise was the whole like what you do two people will have have an effect, you know, Mm -hmm. like you can't just treat people like that. And, and then when something happens, be kind of like shocked. Yeah. Shocked about it. You know, it's like, especially with like bullying and stuff like that. And I mean, it's like nowadays it's like the social media, so many people think they get to say whatever they want, you know, keyboard warriors and all that kind of thing. And it's like, you don't think about like, Hey, like what you say has an effect on people and could have an effect on yourself too. So it's like, be a good person and you know like like in the movie like after he kills the one guy spoiler if anyone hasn't seen it if you haven't that's your problem <laughs> but like uh like when he he kills the guy who you know handed him a gun and basically like was a part in him getting fired and then there's like the the, the little the, you know the shorter guy he's a little person he uh pretty much let him go because he was like you know hey you're always nice to me kind of thing and it's like you know, I know this is kind of like totally getting derailed from the music aspect, but I'm just like, oh man, it's such a good movie. But uh, yeah, like that soundtrack when I heard it and so, you know heard it while you know watching the movie, I was just like, man, she did such a good job at like nailing that like that dark vibe and that soundtrack just builds, right? And you know, especially in the end, there's like you know because it's pretty much just like cello and maybe some like subtle percussion. Like for the most part, it's pretty just minimal. But then it's like at the end that that theme that you hear, you know, with like brass and it's a little bit more like no, no, I wouldn't really say like fanfaric, but like almost, you know, because all these people are now cheering him on. Yes. You know, all these people who are who are supporting what he's doing. And uh, it's just a great soundtrack. I'll shut up now about it. <laughs> yeah. So let me let me tell you some stuff about it. So the music editor for the film told Todd Phillips, hey, I know 
this female composer from her solo electro acoustic artist career. And she's done like several solo albums that are just like solo cello with a lot of loops and and ambiences and sound design. And he was like, she would be perfect for the Joker. And so the music editor was like adamant that she should be the composer for this music. So Todd Phillips gave her a call and said, hey, will you read this script and then write some music based on your feelings produced by reading the script? And she was like, sure, I'm very interested. And she was like, I want you to know that like, if you're trying to make an action film, like a DC comics film, like I'm probably not the person for it. And he was like, no, this is totally different than Hans Zimmer Batman stuff. Mm-hmm. And she was like, okay. So she started composing music for the film before any shooting had happened. Mm-hmm. And then they were piping in the music as they were filming. So they were playing the music on set and walking Phoenix had an earpiece in and like the famous bathroom dance scene uh, was him doing interpretive dance to the music she had already written. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember reading about that. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. That's like, honestly, like one of my favorite scenes in that movie too. It's just so like, I don't want to use the word artsy, but it just has so much like, I don't know. It's just so gravitas. Yeah. Yeah, it's just it's just powerful. Like, yeah, especially after like what he just did, you know, before that scene, too. And then now he, you're just like, it's like you're seeing him kind of like slowly kind of transform come out of. Yeah, exactly. Like that was like his I mean, it's like watching Breaking Bad and seeing that, you know, those little moments where Walt kind of becomes Heisenberg, you know, like yeah. with the whole like Tuco and like the. Yeah, you see it. You see it one by one making decisions that, yeah. that change who you are. And then they kind of have that confidence afterward where like they're a little bit, they're not as like passive anymore or that, that sort of thing. Yeah. I love that kind of stuff where you're just seeing like little subtle, like character development and stuff like that. So in order to like break down her career, you kind of have to start with the Iceland bond. And I don't know if you're familiar with this, but it's basically Iceland is an Island and everyone knows each other. (laughs) And They had very little influence from outside countries for years and years. And so the music basically just became very specialized and very folk and national, like a lot of nationalism. Mm -hmm. And so anyone that you can think of from Iceland, like has a deep respect for each other and they listen to each other's music. And there's like just this this like huge culmination of music careers that have come out of Iceland, including mm-hmm. like Bjork and uh, of monsters and men, Niels from uh, Olafur Arnold's the list goes on, but mm-hmm. Hildur is one of these kind of up and rising Icelandic composers. Mm-hmm. And she started working with Johan Johansson and they did a lot of co-writing music. And she said that that collaboration was basically them sitting in a room and her playing, like improvising something on the cello. And he says, wow, cool. And then her playing something new. And he says, wow, I like that too. And that was kind of their <laughs> like collaborative bond from mm-hmm. Iceland. And they did Sicario like that and several other projects. And she talked about how she didn't get credit, like writing credit on several of those. And Um, That was kind of an interesting factor in her earlier career. And then after he died, she did Sicario 2 by herself. And then she's had this glow up in the last four years, basically, of doing Chernobyl 
and the Joker. And she's, she's also very versatile. She's, she does a show called bubble guppies, which is an animated Nickelodeon show that you, uh, (laughs) should check out. It's, um, it's very like pop cheesy young kids kind of music underwater. And then she just did the video game battlefield 2042. And, uh, she works really closely with her husband and her husband is named Sam Slater. And Sam was a engineer and like assistant for Johan. And that's, oh, how, cool. that's how they met. And he is a, he's a British composer and sound designer. And he did a lot of sound design on Chernobyl and the Joker. And so basically she plays all of these phrases and these like sound designed musical ideas and then they collaborate on making the finished product hmm. which is pretty cool for chernobyl they went to a decommissioned nuclear power plant in lithuania and they had six hours to capture field recording of sounds that the the factory was making and so they used like a bunch of doors like a lot of squeaks and like creaks and things like that mm-hmm. and then they made impulse responses and ran her vocals through that reverb. Crazy. Yeah, that's that's really cool. I think that's like if every composer had had that option of being able to like record and do their own, creating their own instruments for a score, I, I think, you know, whenever they can do that, they will. But I think that, you know, definitely adds a lot more of that kind of like authenticity to, this, to the soundtrack. Yeah, exactly. And and so one of the things like she, when she when she was talking about making the music, she said, I wanted to feel the radiation in the music. So I wanted to keep it very somber. No. Mm-hmm. And she was like, no, like electronic cheesy drums or anything that was like that would make it more epic or more like not intense, but more uh, like take it in a direction that I didn't want. And so I kept mm-hmm. it as sparse as possible using these sound designed field recordings and my voice and the cello. Mm-hmm. And then the other thing that she's kind of famous for is something called a Haldora phone. And this Haldora phone is pretty cool. It is a cello like electronic instrument created by artist and designer Haldor Yulforsen. And it's designed specifically to feedback the strings. It says making use of the phenomenon of positive feedback to incite the strings to drone. And you can look up YouTube videos of this. Uh, She performs it in several videos, but it's like a hybrid cello thing with an aluminum neck and it feeds back as you play it. So it creates these like long resonating drones and you can pick different notes to feedback as you're playing. And she uses this in like most of her scores. So it sounds like a cello at first when you're, when you're hearing it, but has all these overtones and feedback kind of going on on top of it. And her studio in Berlin was too small. And so she went to Neil Fromm's room and recorded this Haldora phone in his room and had like all these amps blaring and stuff. And she was recording the amps as well as the direct and just getting all these crazy feedback things. And she, she talks about the fridge scene in Joker was one of the big parts where she was making all these like feedback sound design, just really intense, like squeaks. Mm-hmm. 
But she talks about her studio, and she's very proud that her studio is as knob-free as possible, which is a yeah, funny it's, thing. It's pretty, to say. Yeah, it's definitely pretty minimalistic. I remember seeing people posting about that on, on socials. They're like, I mean, it's like, you know, this room, it's, not, it's nothing crazy, but it's like, it's just like anything. Like, you don't need all that. It's like <laughs> a lot of people are just like, see, you don't need all, all the crazy analog gear and all this stuff and and she's doing the soundtrack for the joker you know yeah but um i i definitely feel like it's it's one of those things like certain people just work better in a maybe in a little bit more of a minimalistic thing you know like i know we've talked about this before like sometimes it's like what gets you creative some people is just seeing a, a desk with nothing on it you know clean yeah. slate yeah fresh fresh idea it's like you know the, the whole feng shui thing like if that is a real thing like which i believe honestly like i mean even now, like where you know whoever is watching this, you've probably seen this room change. I know we've talked about it before too. <laughs> and it's like stuff is always changing. And yeah, I think that's really cool that yeah, her because her setup super clean and there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> yeah, and I mean like composers like Rachel Portman are sitting at their baby grand piano with a with a pencil and paper and mm-hmm. handwriting these ideas out. And so you know everyone finds their own workflow. Yeah. Like John Williams, he's, he's been doing the same thing too. And, and I was reading something that he was saying, uh, he, he would, you know, he's kind of looked in, into that sort of stuff. Yeah. He's like, yeah, I know a little bit about it, but this has always worked for me. And well, I think that's he's retiring great. though. He's finally retiring. And Harrison Ford said, if John Williams can retire, then maybe I can too. And uh, we'll see how long that goes. <laughs> um, so my two big takeaways from Hilder's career so far is number one, it's really good to expand what you're doing musically because she actually got her start as a classical cellist. Um, She was singing, like she was writing music for theater, writing music for short films. She was a touring cellist doing session work and she had the Iceland bond. And she, she toured for a while with a band called the animal collective. I don't know if you've heard of them, but they're kind Mm -hmm. of like a, post-rock group okay i think one of the most valuable things as a musician is being able to do a lot of things especially early on uh because you never know like how people are going to know your work so her solo artistry was what got her this joker gig Mm -hmm. you don't you don't know what you're going to be famous for (laughs) yeah yeah exactly and then the second thing is collaboration because she was collaborating with Johan. She met her husband that way. Pretty much like that catapulted her career into what it is now. Mm -hmm. She has the Iceland bond. You know, she could send an email or make a phone call to most people in Iceland and they would have that, that bond. So if you can collaborate with fellow musicians and have that, that common thread that keeps you together, that's very helpful. Yeah. And just being in Iceland. I want to go there. That place is amazing. Go uh, do some sound design. No, I would go and just watch the Northern Lights. Probably yeah. listen to Wardruna and just just relax. So I think that's it on Hildur. Uh, and we can move on to recommendations. What you got this week? Uh, so a couple things. Um, I've been kind of getting back into the into plugins again. Oh, recently, recently got pro L pro L two. Okay. You know, I've been using a lot of the fab filter stuff for a long time. And that's the only one that I haven't had that I've used before, you know, but I was just like, Oh, you know, it's like one of those 
I haven't used it in so long. I almost kind of forgot, but you know, it's like everyone has good things to say about pro L. So I got that. I also got this, this other compressor It's called the Argent compressor. Oh yeah. Uh, I was talking about it a little bit in the sound iron chat. It seems like it's very inspired by kind of like what Mick Gordon was doing with doom. I think he like made his own compressor or something for that soundtrack. And he would just like run sine waves with distortion through it. And it just sounded out of control. Awesome. It's like it's a very punishing piece of software. Like I was like you could run drones through it and it just sounds gnarly. So I've been messing around with that. And um on a side note, this is not music related, it's food related. Ooh. Costco has this sauce called bitchin' sauce. I love <laughs> the name. Like, hey, uh, let me get some of that sauce. Uh, wh- uh, which one? The the bitchin' sauce. No, I know what you think about it, but like, what's it called? It's called bitchin' sauce. That's and powerful. It's, yeah, and it's dairy free. Okay, and dude, it it's like Frank's. Like you know, Frank's. You just put that on everything, and it's just so, so good. So it's a hot sauce. No, it's like a. Well, they have different ones. They have like okay. artichoke one and uh, like an original one. The original ones, uh, not too much of a fan of, but this one is the it's the chipotle bitch and sauce. Nice, nice. So good. Yeah. Sounds good. I'll have to try it. I don't have that Costco connection though. Uh well, it's it's worth it. <laughs> get the get the annual membership or just, just for the or just, you know, or if you know, if you're in town, I'll I'll get you like a couple packs of them. Thanks, dude. That means a lot. Well, you know, hey, man, that's the least I can do. <laughs> get you some bitch and sauce. <laughs> that's a good rec. <laughs> Um, my recommendation is I just started watching Band of Brothers. I know I'm like 20 years late on that, but the yeah. paratroopers that they interview the old men at the beginning of, of each episode is like so intense for me. Just like looking at these guys talking about their experiences from 50 years ago. And man, it's just like so moving because they're yeah. talking about jumping out of these planes into France. And it's like, man. I can't even imagine a situation like that. And then I just watched A River Runs Through It, and I'm over 20 years late on that one, too. Have you seen that movie? No, I don't think so. I, I, I've heard the name. Oh, man, I can't. I, I know I've, I've heard the name before, but I'm trying to remember, like, like what it's even about. Yeah, you so it's, to... it's a movie. Well, Brad Pitt's in it. Oh, okay. Um, it's Robert Redford uh, kind of passion project. He directed it. It's from 1992, and it's about a uh, Presbyterian minister and his two sons, and they are fly fishermen. So mm. it's uh, set in Montana and has a really, really nice score to it. And I have to oh, look cool. up who scored it because I forgot already. <laughs> <laughs> Don't feel bad, man. I forgot what I was just doing five minutes ago. Uh, Mark Isham did the music. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it is like beautiful, folksy, hymnsy. Um, cinematography is beautiful. The movie itself is rather slow. Uh, Brad Pitt has tons of charisma. He's in his 20s in this movie. So it's kind of this a similar timeline to like Thelma and Louise. That kind oh, of okay. like very young Brad Pitt. But um, it's it's really good. If you if you love Montana, if you love like Western Mountains, it's probably worth watching just for the landscape and the music. Nice. Good old Montana. Montana. Well, and for then, a second, it sounded like I was doing a, a horrible Bane impression for a second. 
Sure, you gotta watch Montana. River <laughs> runs through it, Batman. Yeah. I thought you were doing Jeff Bridges at first. Hey, man. Uh, speaking of Jeff Bridges, have you watched The Old Man? No, but I'm planning to. I saw oh, the trailer. My girlfriend told me about it. Denise told yeah. me about it. And she was like, she's like, send me the trailer. We got to watch this. Yeah, 100%. So he just went on the Smartless podcast. I don't know if you listen to that, but it's uh, pretty fun. Just like entertainment. But he he went on. And Jeff Bridges is like kind of my new hero. He's been married to the same lady for 45 years and has just had like a crazy awesome career and Mm -hmm. he bought a ranch in montana and they just live in montana that's the montana connection right there yep (laughs) connect all the dots yeah you can't mess with the dude man (laughs) yeah if you um if you enjoy jeff bridges and you enjoy podcasts you should definitely listen to smartless because he says man probably 50 times in an hour. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, listen here, man. It's, and, it's uh, crazy. It brings a smile to your face. Yeah. Every time he says it, everyone's all the dude, the dude lovers out there are just like, another good day. Oh, so, speaking of recommendations, sorry to cut yeah. you off. No, it's uh, good. there was a movie I think that he did called is like Hell or High Water. I don't know if you've seen that one. I have seen that. Yeah. That was a good movie. It's Chris Pine, right? Yeah, yeah, Chris Pine's in it. Um, I just watched it recently. Yeah, it's it's a really good movie. It's like a newer Western. Uh, I think on that note, we're going to wrap the podcast here. If you're not subscribed to the pod already, to the YouTube channel, you should definitely do that. You should join our Discord if you want to get up close and personal. And we've got some really cool guests coming on in the next couple months. If you have somebody that you think we should talk to, send us an email and let us know. Let us know. Get on the Discord. We could talk more about bitchin' sauce. <laughs> we can do some free samples. Yeah, yeah. Maybe we'll do a contest, and I'll I'll send the lucky winner a, a jar of Chipotle bitchin' sauce. Yeah, and then uh, is there? Are we gonna do a contest? Uh, we'll see. We'll see. We're, we're talking about doing a contest. If you love contests, let us know, and we'll that we'll take that into account. Yeah, we might drum one up for you. Patats. Oh, all right, Craig. I'll catch you next week, my man. All right, man. Adios. Peace. Peace.